0: You are listening to Over and Back's Basketball Mysteries of the 1970s. Today's mystery is, why were there so many playoff upsets? All right, welcome back to Over and Back. I'm Jason, and with me as usual is Rich, and we are talking about uh, the 1970s, of course, and it is time for extreme parody in both leagues, but in particular, the NBA. It's just nuts. I mean, some
1: of the numbers and some of the like all time, you know, it's just staggering how much parity there was in the NBA and the ABA and just in general um, in this 1970s. It's just crazy.
0: Yeah. So the there are eight different NBA champs in the 70s. And to uh, put that in perspective, the 80s have four, the 90s have four, the 2000s have five, the 2010s actually have six so far in seven years. We're going to look into this further and find that I, I think that the 2010s actually, are and have more parody than i think is generally um thought about uh considering superstars
1: are ruining the league by coming together to you know congregate on teams and and steal the nba yeah it's
0: kind of funny how that's still you know not really at least when it comes to championships and playoff upsets we're still yeah there is a decent amount of parody and some circumstances behind that injuries or what have you but it's interesting anyway um, aba there were four champs in seven seasons so there were um the Pacers won back-to-back titles in uh, 72 and 73. There were no back-to-back champs between 70 and uh, and 1988 when the Lakers finally won their back-to-back. So um, so there's very much a, we've talked about before, there's very much a lack of dynasty. The, the, the difference between the win totals of the best team and the win totals of the worst team very much uh, compressed during this time. Like, for example, in the 73 season, the best team had 68 wins, there was Celtics the worst team had nine wins the 76ers and seven out of the 17 teams in the league had between 30 and 50 wins and that rate increased dramatically uh, in the 1977 merger season the best team in the league had 53 wins the worst team had 22. And 20 out of the 22 teams had between 30 and 50 wins and and that trend would would continue for another couple of years for so from 74 through 79 those numbers were fairly similar The, the highest win total during that time was 60 the lowest win total during that time was 22 so. Um, you know, no teams having any wins in the teams, and, and really almost no teams having wins, you know, 60 plus during that time is really interesting. 80 comes along, Magic and Bird join the league, some added superstar power, and then that disparity kind of jumps up again, you know, as, as the rest of the decade goes along. But it, there's a really interesting, you know, blip of uh, five or six years where there's real extreme parity in the league. And a lot of it is the merger and the influx talent in the merger, but that's not the complete explanation because it's seven. 74 through 76 is very much that way as well.
1: Right, yeah. So there, there's there's more at hand than just simply, you know, merging the two leagues and, and adding a bunch of new talent or or, or adding a bunch of new talent. Like, there's something else, you know, cooking there, <laughs> to, to say the least.
0: Yeah, and um, I think some of that can be explained by, uh, you know, the expansion of the late 60s and early 70s, that it, those expansion drafts and ABA competition helped dilute the league in the late 60s and early 70s, so... Um, uh, you know, the, it, as, as those years kind of progress, it's harder to, um, you know, if you're a good team or a great team, it's harder to get influx of really good players. And it's harder, you know, if you're a middling team to, you know, get a great player too. you, you know, it's only really the draft is now only really helping a smaller number of teams uh, unless you get lucky with, a, you know, a late round steal. Um, the Lakers and the Knicks of the early seventies, who were kind of the, you know, the, the exceptional teams before this, this period of parody starts, they were built largely before this expansion, ABA diluted the draft pool. So, you know, those, their superstars were all guys who came from the early sixties and such, and the Knicks were built, you know, um, in mid sixties drafts that happened largely before expansion began um the bucks are kind of an exception to that because you know they they lucked into getting kareem who was right and that's that's an all you need really yeah who, who's, <laughs> who's the one except, and, but, and because yeah. they got kareem they got oscar you know that superstar even though he was aging still a super level mm-hmm. player so they, so that those were kind of like the three teams who sort of bucked that trend at least in the early part of the decade and then once those teams age and once you know kareem leaves and and goes to the lakers a diluted lakers team there's not really a super team to fill that vacuum until you know the 80 season or so yeah which is interesting i there's there's, there's
1: a few different theories, and, and we're going to talk about a few here. Um, I, I th- There's it one part of me initially, and, and again, I haven't done like a ton of research on this, and this is something I really think that would be cool to, to kind of dig into again, and maybe for a future episode we really go deep into it and kind of try to investigate it even a little bit more uh, than we're going to do here. But, uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for free agent movement as well, and this is the first decade where we really kind of notice a lot of players deciding – that they control where they want to go and they kind of do this. So that, I think, plays a little bit of a part in it, but not enough to make it as big of a parody as there is. And we're going to talk about a few other things as well that, that could have done it. I don't I don't know if it's any one of these things or just a confluence of all of them, you, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think the competition's an issue, too, I think, because obviously any major free agent jump would require gutting mm-hmm. a new team. You know, if, right. if Golden State, if competition still existed, Golden State signed Durant now, that probably would have caused the Warriors to have to give the Thunder, Clay Thompson, Drayvon Green Or possibly both I mean that He might Mm -hmm. be valued In that level And you know You look at how The um, uh, The the Clippers Were gutted When they signed Walton in 79 For instance They lost Kermit Washington And Kevin Cooner And you know Some good players So uh, it will it you know that obviously prevents building of super teams like you know at that time that, that just leads to that leads to issues that and and competition ends uh, after 81 80 or 81 so that makes a difference the aba dispersal draft as well you know the merger that that evens up some teams you know, chicago who's not very good gets artist gilmore and suddenly they're pretty good you think you know things like that um go on so uh, yeah it, uh, So, you know, we're also we're going to kind of look here at the the biggest um, seven game upsets, because so many of them happen during the 70s. Um, It's really interesting to see uh, of that level, how many of them are really from this. We kind of looked at a period from 70 to 81 because there's a couple in 81 that I think spiritually sort of still fit in with the 70s uh, that -hmm. I think are interesting.
1: Yeah, so in, in terms of biggest seven game upsets, in, in terms of records, so this is the win differential between the two teams. Uh, 1975, this is your all time. Uh, St. Louis, uh, the Spirits over the Nets is a 26 win differential. Uh, now we go to the 2000, 2007 the Warriors over the Mavs. It's a 25-win difference. Uh, then we go into a glut of 70s. 1972, the Nets over the Colonels, 24-win difference. 1975, the Pacers over the Nuggets, 20-win difference. 1976, the Suns over the Warriors, 17-win difference. And then, as you mentioned, 1981, kind of the spiritual 70s, the Kings over the Suns, a 17-win difference. And then 2016, of course, this past season, the Cavs over the Warriors, 16-win uh, uh, difference, which is tied with a few others as well. But uh, we thought worthy of noting, but yeah, you look at that right there, and that's you know, it's not necessarily that these teams are, are you know, there's a big win difference. You know, we talked about the, uh, you know, oh well, teams are a lot more even or whatever. Well, these are teams that are like, they're, the, you know, this, the Nets are better than the Spirits. They they have 26 more wins than them, but the Spirits still win. Like that's something that we just we don't really get as much in today's NBA, where we sort of take it for granted that you know the team that's got the more wins is probably the better team and they're going to win, but. The 70s, it wasn't that. I mean, there, there, there's huge examples right there. One, two, three, four, five. technically 6 if you had the 81 that are just huge differences in wins. And they're just giant upsets that have happened, you, you know, in the 70s. Uh, if you go to SRS as well, uh, the biggest upsets in terms of SRS ever uh, of the top 1910 are from 1971 to 1981, which is another just real telling number about just how crazy the upsets were. Uh, 75, again, the spirits over the Nets, 106 Uh, This is in terms of the difference in SRS. Uh, 1972, the Nets over the Colonels. We mentioned that one was poor, 7.78. 2007, the Warriors over the Mavs, which we mentioned before, 7.28. The Hawks over the Magic, 2011. There you go, 2.06 for the Hawks. Uh, 1976, the Suns over the Warriors, 5.63. 1981, again the Kings over the Suns, 5.32, and then uh, of course 2016, Cavs or Warriors, 4.93. But again, we see one, two, you know, three, four of those uh, that we mentioned being in the 70s and again of that top 1910 of the biggest you know differences of SRS are from 1971 to 1981 so it's just it's just a really telling weird era for that I just I it's uh, odd and then you're probably wondering you know well how does that stack up with other decades or whatever um so the way we did this is you know a, a four difference in SRS and then an 11 win difference in yeah. wins. Just to kind of give us an idea. Yeah. Of,
0: it's either or, not necessarily both. Yeah, right. And so,
1: the, yes, they're mildly arbitrary, but hey, go with us. It's, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. So, 1970 and 1981, 15 of those upsets happen in those. So, we look at 15. Okay, how does that compare? In the past 30 years, past 30 years, we can only find 14 that matched that. Eight eight of them are since 2010, so again, more to your credit that we are seeing actually a lot more parity than a lot of people think uh, with today's NBA, but yeah, again, you know, 15 in that one decade and then 14 ever since then uh here's the ever since then's the rockets lakers 86 rockets suns 95 rockets spurs 95 rockets magic 95 good job rockets <laughs> lakers spurs 2001 uh warriors mavs 07 celtics Cavs uh 2010 spurs grizzlies 11 hawks magic 11 sixers bulls 2012 grizzlies Thunder 13 nets raptors 2014 uh and then two from uh those last past years thunder spurs 2016 and Cavs warriors in 2016 but again like it, it It's it's undeniable that there were just more upsets in the 70s than any other decade prior or almost in since the NBA <laughs> you know since that there's been only 14 you know 15 in that one decade so yeah it, it, it's an undeniable fact that there were just more upsets yes
0: and, and a lot of the ones in the, over the past you know um seven eight years are usually often explained by an injury so right so, you know, like so, Sixers so,
1: Bulls, Derrick Rose goes out you know there, there's plenty of that I think Celtics Cavs wasn't that Garnett got hurt in that series like yeah there's so many of these that you look at and, and uh, true upsets you know of course you got the Warriors Mavs uh in 07 but a lot of these other ones like you said are just like a lot you know the Grizzlies Thunder 2013
0: another injury riddled one so yeah there's so many of those that that kind of pop up absolutely so looking at the 70s upsets in more detail um the first one the 1970 Western Division Finals the LA Stars uh beat the Denver Rockets um the Stars had uh, 43 wins. The Rockets had 51 wins. Uh, the Stars had Matt Calvin, um, also uh, Willie Wise, and um, the Nuggets had Spencer Haywood, who averaged 37 points during the series, Larry Jones and Byron Beck. Uh, and we talked about Haywood's season before, but led the entire league in scoring and rebounding, was ABA MVP and Rookie of the Year. Um the stars were able to. They acquired a shot blocking center named Craig Raymond over the uh, midseason. He was a really key uh, influence in in this upset. The um, the stars lost game one in overtime in Denver, but then um, but then won the next four, including the final game of the series, which was nationally televised from Denver on CBS and. Uh, the stars' Merv Jackson hit a clutch baseline jumper over Larry Jones with 16 seconds left to give the stars a 109-107 lead. The Rockets then had a chance to tie, but uh, uh, Jeff Congdon's mid-range jumper clanged off the rim, and Raymond got the rebound, and the stars were had their 25th victory in the last 32 games. Thought a little bit about this during the Utah Stars podcast. This was right before the stars would make the finals and then lose in the finals um, in the series, then move to Utah the next year and win the championship for Zelmo. But um, I didn't point out necessarily what a big upset this was during this time and it it fit our our criteria of uh, there was a more than four SRS difference between the Rockets and the Stars that season. Yeah, well, now uh, I'll get 1971. The
1: Baltimore Bullets over the New York Knicks. The Bullets had a .91 SRS, 42 wins. The Knicks had 5.05 SRS and 52 wins. Uh, the Knicks had, of course, Walt Frazier, Dick Barnett, David DeBusher, Willis Reed, uh, Bill Bradley, and Cassie Russell, so kind of a classic Knicks team there. Uh, the Bullets had Earl Monroe, Jack Maron, Fred Carter, Wes Unsell. They also had Kevin Lowry and Gus Johnson. Uh, this is the third year in a row that these teams would meet. The Knicks had swept the Bullets in 1969, despite Baltimore having the best record in the league, uh, and then won a seven-game. Series in 1970. So uh, in this series, the home team won the first four games. Uh, the Knicks grounded out a uh, 89-84 win in Game Five at Madison Square Garden. Uh, the Bolts got the equalizer in Game Six at the Boston Civics, or the, the Baltimore Civics, rather, uh, taking down a uh, 113-96 win behind uh, 27 points from Earl Monroe. Uh, and the seventh game was played in New York. Uh, Monroe outscored Clyde Frazier 26 to 13. Marin outscored Bradley 20 to 13, but it was Fred Carter's decisive jump shot with just over one minute remaining that gave Baltimore the game and the series. Uh, the Bullets then shocked to the Knicks 93-91 to punch their ticket to the NBA Finals for the first time in uh, Their franchise's history.
0: Yes, and um, Monroe managed To average 24.4 p- points per game In the series. It was really a um, a Great series uh, for, for Them, but it was only the, the Knicks and the Bullets uh, won um, they, they played six Series in a row. Six years in a row they met In the playoffs, and this would be the Bullets' only win Unfortunately for uh, them, but They were able, uh, uh, Kevin lockery said that he said that this was the uh it was really the um you know one of the greatest playoff series for him in his career uh basically like winning the championship because baltimore always was in new york at the time they you know they couldn't beat the knicks the colts couldn't beat the jets the orioles couldn't defeat the mets and that, that was sort of their championship um and then baltimore in 71 actually did win championships the orioles won the world series the colts won the Super Bowl. Um, and the Bulls did go to the NBA Finals, but then they ended up getting swept by the Bucks in four games. So, didn't quite work out for them all, all the way. But still, a pretty good, uh, pretty good run for them. Not bad for Baltimore. They uh, have not had a lot of that since then. <laughs> so, not, not so much. Yeah, but. yeah the, the, the Bullets uh, in, uh, yeah, yeah, Baltimore hasn't. The, the Bullets franchise had a nice. The Bullets is fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they had a nice little, <laughs> little run at the end of the, of the 70s, but then they haven't had so much, unfortunately. Right, and
1: then and, and, you know, the Orioles had a great little 70s, but uh, since then, not so much. And the Colts, the Baltimore Colts, have not had a very good yeah. uh, run in Baltimore because they're the Indianapolis Colts, and they yeah. have a lot of success in Indianapolis, but <laughs> not so much in Baltimore when their team ran away and overnight yeah. in a truck. They so. got the Ravens, though. So, you know. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You know, no, that's right. I forget. They they won a few. They won, what, two titles with the Ravens? Uh, It's a football question. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> I
1: don't know why you're asking me about football. You and I do. Yes. You and I are <laughs> huge football fish No. I had to ask. I honestly have no idea. I believe it's two. I, but, that's uh, That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Uh, that's not our strong suit. So that uh, will not be launching from the Over and Back uh, podcast uh, family. The football podcast will not be. Adding, no. So. Yeah. No, no. Offsides. What, what would be the catchy <laughs> name? We would uh, have
0: we'd love think, we'll have to think we'll table that one. We'll have to figure that okay, one out. OK. Right. I mean, yeah, if anyone wants to join the over onside kick or something like that. Or something <laughs> there, stupid there like that probably. Yeah. Um, so next we have the Eastern Division semifinals, the New York Nets, 44 wins, a .21 SRS over the Kentucky Colonels, 68 wins and a 7.9 SRS. Uh, in 1972, the Nets winning that series four games to two. Um, really, this kind of came completely out of nowhere. The um, the Nets had, had Rick Barry, so they had a superstar. It was his second year there. He had actually stayed healthy the entire season for the first time. Averaged 31.5 points per game, which is second in the ABA, but he the, the team was only slightly better. They, they won, um, they won four more games that season. They were 44 and Oh, that season. Uh, the curls were juggernaut. That was, this was Artis artist Gilmore's rookie year. Um, uh, Louis Dampier was still going strong. Dan Issel was in his second year. The Nets had Bill Melchioni, who was a pretty good guard, but was aging a little bit. Billy Paul, who was a solid center. And John Roach, who had been a three-time All-American in South Carolina and um, would actually really be really important in this series because uh, uh, Rick Berry would, uh, would, would, uh, would get strep throat, and then Roach would step up and uh, come through in a huge Game 4, scoring 32 points and... Um, and uh, somehow, uh, willing a team that was undermanned to uh, be able to, um, uh, to to beat Issel and Gilmore and the uh, Colonels, quite an impressive effort. Um, really, just um, they completely discarded what they usually did and just played a bunch of pick and roll and give and go. And um, and Roach just did a bunch of um, uh, between the legs, behind the back dribbles. They they sort of compare him there's an si article just basically comparing him to uh they called a a late model pete maravich haircut flopping and his pointy <laughs> pale black irish face pursed in a boyish mirror of his boldness and backing kentucky into a desperate corner so uh they, they had a way back then in the uh in the sports illustrated of painting a picture but um but before that um uh they were able they to take the advantage um rick berry had 50 points in the first game and uh kentucky did win game three but it was close and then after after that uh after that game four uh roach actually in the end he by scoring 38 points with um he switched a a, um three-pointer near the end of the clock to uh uh, lift the fans up out of the coliseum and um into victory there were Seven seconds left, and um, Mike Pratt for Kentucky actually hit a three-pointer, but uh, the referee nullified the basket, saying that Issel had set an illegal moving screen and uh, then taking the game away despite the fact that it was, uh, um, you know, they, they not usually call it sort of made at the end of the game. So um, I, the the Colonel's coach, uh, Joel Mullaney said uh, there was, after one of the defeats, a, a New York sports writer was nabbed by Louisville police for scuffling with a fan. And then uh, Mulaney said, they got the wrong man. We're the ones who should have been arrested. So, great little quote from uh, <laughs> from Joe. Um, and then the Nets, yeah, after that game four, the Colonels did win uh, game five uh, at home. But then game six, the uh, the Nets won in a, in a close one. Um, by then, uh, Rick Berry was back and just were able to... Uh, overwhelm a you know you could, could definitely could kind of point to the colonel's inexperience here as um you know with with gilmore and Issel being young and, and the colonels were a team that you know they would finally win the championship in 75 but they would sort of have these overwhelming regular season teams and and have these postseason um disappointments until Hebe Brown came along and and uh and, and kind of found the right mix absolutely Oh, by the way, I came. A touchback would
1: be the name of our. Uh, oh yeah, there you go, touchback. I mean that. That seems. That would yeah. definitely. So there be, we go. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll start recording that tomorrow, and we we'll just the episode at the end of the week. So all right, that'll be great. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> Let's break y, down y, the. Uh... Yeah,
0: Y A Tittle. That's a that's a.
1: Yes. Thing. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. Yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Um, Dick Butkus, Joe Montana. Ah, I know who right? Joe Montana is. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. We're talking about guys we know. This is yeah. great. I, I like this. Yeah. No research either. I just want to, you and I just you know get on here and talk. Yeah. So we do research for this. Uh, no, this is all off the top of my head. (laughs) I don't know about you, but yeah, (laughs) I don't do anything. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, I just come here and uh, turn the mic on and just, just, okay. 1973 (laughs) Golden State Warriors, 47 wins, 3.12 SRS over the Milwaukee Bucks 60 wins 7.84 SRS this is a Milwaukee Bucks team that we've talked about uh, many times during this podcast a very very awesome team that got upset by this Warriors team this was Rick Barry's first year back in the NBA they also had Jeff Mullins, Cassie Russell, Nate Thurman but it was Rick Barry in a large way uh with this team and the Bucks of course Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bob Dandridge, Oscar Robertson, Lucius Allen so just um a really awesome Bucks team that that you know won a ton of games and looked like they were on their way to the NBA Finals, and it just did not work at all. Um, there was possibly some mitigating circumstances uh, You know, a few months before this, uh, there was a mass murder of Kareem's uh, uh, Islamic teacher's family in Washington D.C. Uh, this was in a townhouse that Kareem had given them, so obviously it was a stressful situation. He was getting protection from authorities, Kareem, because he was kind of worried about his own life uh, as well. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to be Milwaukee series all the way. There was supposed to be another Bucks lakers West Final. That was what's going to happen. And the Lakers, they were an awesome team this year as well. So it looked like that was in the cards. This is the series we're going to get. We can't wait. Uh, the Milwaukee came out and they won game one. Uh, by 20 points. They won game three by 20 points as well. Um, you know, the Warriors got kind of lucky in game two, 195 92. So it looked like, okay, yeah, for the large, most part, the Bucks are killing them. The Warriors are kind of getting lucky here and there. Game four, the Warriors win 102 97. Game five, the Warriors win 197. So as you can tell, there's all these really small margins. And then game six, the Warriors just, you know, 100 to 86. Just an incredible. Um, you know, displayed by the Warriors. Uh, the Bucks scored just you know, of course, eighty six points. Um, the, the easiest triumph for the the Warriors this entire you know series. Um, And yeah, yeah another thing too, you know, that the sixty eight win Boston Celtics were were about to get knocked out of the playoffs too. You're looking at a Bucks team that had they you know toppled the Lakers, they could have been in prime position to win that you know title uh, again. And a real key to the series, uh, defensive work of Nate Thurman. Uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar has mentioned at times, and I believe we mentioned in this series as well that. Uh, that he was one of the toughest defenders he's ever faced uh cream shot just 43 percent in the series and averaged uh you know by his standards 22.8 points per game a very disappointing Uh, oscar robertson though found a little bit of his little fountain of youth he had uh, 21.2 uh points per game but it was clear that the, the 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 whole idea was let's stop cream and let everybody else kill us and yeah 22 points for Kareem is is stopping him, and then the uh, the Balance Warriors, uh, they were led by Barry 16.5 points per game, but they had six players average double figures for that series. So it was really just situation of of kind of a, a bunch of really good guys coming together and and toppling you know an all star team led by one of the greatest ever in, in Kareem. Uh, but yeah, just a really really cool series to see and just a, a huge upset and one that we have mentioned before that you know if it goes the other way and Kareem wins that series, then you know there's a different idea of maybe you know what what his um, what his all-time stature is, or whatever, because this is a team that probably should have won this, and it just didn't happen uh, for one reason or another.
0: Yeah, and this is the only time that Kareem's team ever lost in a playoff series to a team that did not make the finals. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So of the, you know, I believe eighteen times he made the playoffs, seventeen times, you know, they either won or they lost in the finals, or they lost to a team that made the finals. So. Um yeah so uh, the a few that we've kind of gone through before so we're just going to talk about briefly the um 1973 Eastern Conference Finals: The Knicks beating the uh, Boston Celtics. This we discussed this a lot in uh, the Bob Ryan uh, episode about the uh, Celtics. The Knicks uh, had 57 wins and a 6.07 SRS. The Celtics had a 68 uh, wins and 7.3 SRS. So the SRS is fairly close to the wins is a big difference. The Celtics just you know were a little bit overachieving, I think, of a team and, and weren't you know quite that good. And uh, but another huge thing is that um, John Havlicek was hurt during these series um this they were the Celtics were down 3-1 they they tried to rally but they ran out of gas in game seven um Havicek did play but was barely able to move one of his arms to, to to lift it up to be a play which obviously hinders his ability to play basketball a slightly, a slightly yeah. yeah uh and then uh in 74 the uh, nba finals the boston celtics um over the uh, milwaukee bucks um they, the Celtics won that series in Game Seven. We've talked about that in our Kareem episode, and also talked about that in the uh, St. Bob Ryan Celtics episode. But uh, basically, the, uh, the the Bucks' depth had been drained by then due to injuries and due to age. Uh, Kareem was awesome, but everyone else just around him you know wasn't wasn't quite able to perform up to the task and even uh, even Kareem sort of uh, struggled with double teams and triple teams in game 7 as the Celtics changed their strategy to win that series and um uh, a, an epic game 6 that with Kareem hitting a game winning shot but then Game seven, the, uh, the Celtics won one or two to eighty seven. Um, and then 1975, the NBA finals, the uh, Warriors, Rick Barry again uh, with these playoff upsets, uh, 48 wins for the Warriors, 2.86 SRS, beating the Washington Bullets with 60 wins and a 6.53 SRS. Uh, in seventy five, they, they swept them. Um, and this is discussed in our um, in our Rick Barry episode. Uh, But the games were fairly close. The two of them were by one point. Um, Game one was by six points and game three was by eight points. So, uh, you know, fairly narrow margin despite the, uh, the, the sweep in that series.
1: Yeah, it's it's just uh, yeah, just another (laughs) this Barry guy is just a pain in the ass, isn't he? Yes, in more ways than one to a a lot of people uh, still to this day. uh, But yeah, really, really at his peak, uh, pain in the assness in the '70s. But yeah, just remarkable that he comes up so often in these. It's it must be the free throws or something. I don't know, but.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird, but, but it's uh yeah, I'm sure yeah, hit your free throws. Hit your free throws and you'll you'll mm-hmm. win a lot of playoff upsets. That's maybe maybe that's the, the his point
1: when he talks to these guys. He goes, hey, "Look, look at all these playoff upsets I had. It's all cuz of the free throws." But uh, uh, another one too, uh Spirits of St. Louis 1975. Uh, they had 32 wins and a negative 4.02 SRS, which is not good no. uh, by the way. Uh, but it didn't matter cuz they beat the New York Nets who had 58 wins and a 6.58 SRS, which is just insane. A negative 4. What are you doing? But they did it. Uh the Spirits they had moved from Carolina, of course. Uh they were basically an expansion team. They had Mavin, uh, Marvin Bad News Barnes, Freddie Lewis, Maurice Lucas, Gus gerard um, and Barnes, Lucas, and Gerard were all rookies as well. So, I mean, that's not t- i mean, that's a team of like guys that are good or would become good, but we're talking rookie seasons, you know, just really young guys as well. But the Nets themselves, you know, they're the defending champs, which that's one little caveat there, but they're also very young themselves. Uh Julius Irving, Billy Paltz, John Williamson, Larry Keenan. So, um, You know, you still have Julius. You're the defending champs, but you're still a young team as well. But there's really just no way that they should have lost to this team, especially uh, the Spirits. They lost 18 of 22 to reach uh, 24 and 48, uh, but won eight of their last 12 games to sneak into the playoffs in the last second. Yes, and by the way, in case you didn't notice, they had 32 wins, which uh, if you're counting at home, they're below 500. So the Nets... um, you know, defending champs, uh, and they beat the spirits eleven to oh. Uh, uh, the average defeat was nineteen points uh, throughout the season as well. So it was like th- there was just no chance that this is going to happen, and. Believe it or not, it did. You know, uh, New York wins the first game, uh, 111-105. St. Louis comes back game two, 115-97. Uh, St. Louis then uh, game three, 113-108. St. Louis game four, 189. And then they they, they, they finish it out in game five, 108-107. Uh, you know, Don Adams is, is a guy that's mentioned a lot as, as one of the big reasons for this. Uh, he was a journeyman forward who was waived in the middle of the season by the Detroit Pistons. Uh, and he made a, a significant contribution to the Spirits team because uh, they, they signed him for the ABA minimum 200 bucks per game, uh, which is life-changing money. There, uh, he immediately bought <laughs> brought an element of toughness and savvy to the team. He uh, he was made fun of as an old man. He was fat and balding. He was described as portly, uh, but it didn't matter because he uh, was kind of a <laughs> he was a tough guy. He uh, he punched out Swen Nader after he'd thrown down uh, Ma- Marvin Barnes. So he kind of gained a little bit of respect from the team. Uh, and as well as that, his physical defense it frustrated Irving throughout the playoffs. And uh, he fit right in with uh, the 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 style of the young spirits. You know, who had Lucas and Gerard and some other guys. Who, who were you know tougher guys, but it just really worked that they had this kind of older veteran tough guy to kind of be the man um you know to really kind of bring it all together but yeah the, it, it's just incredible of how easy it was. Um, you know, the Spirits, they erased a nine-point deficit with five minutes left. They were only down by one at the end. Uh, inbound pass went to Irving, who came under intense defensive pressure from Dom Adams, who we mentioned. Um, and then Irving dribbled the ball off his leg and into the backcourt. And that was kind of it for, for uh, the Nets, which is just an incredible thing. Uh, Freddie Lewis, he had a game, a 20-foot game winner at the buzzer at the top of the key over Brian Taylor. Uh, and, the Lewis, uh, and, and he, uh, Freddie Lewis, had the uh, Spirits' last 10 points in the game as well. Uh, he averaged 26.2 points per game in the uh, 1975 playoffs. And helped uh, the Spirits uh, stay competitive against the eventual champion Kentucky Colonels in the Eastern Conference Finals as well. So, just uh, an incredible, in, in, incredible run for the Spirits of St. Louis. Uh, one that Bob Costas, till his day, still calls one of the most dramatic moments of his career because uh, he was the commentator for the Spirits of St. Louis, which uh, many people know that he kind of got a start there. But uh, yeah, it was just in, in, incredible that they were able to do that considering where they were the rest of the season. I mean, they were just not a very good team at all and were able to beat the defending champions in just an uh, unbelievable. It, it, in a lot of ways, reminds me of you know i guess you're not talking about defending chance but that nuggets uh sonics uh upset maybe the you know the warriors mavs won in 2007 so just a few of these just incredible upsets of teams that just had probably no business beating uh the teams that they did beat but
0: yeah, but you know, even the Mavs Warriors one, if you look a little bit closely, was at least sort of understandable in terms of the matchup, and in fact, like the last 20, right, yeah, the last twenty games of the season, the Mavs had actually not played all that well, and the Warriors had played really, really well. So it, it, you know, you could kind of see that one coming. There was really nothing here that um you could kind of see coming, but yeah, Barnes just was awesome during this uh, series. He averaged thirty point eight points and fourteen point one rebounds for the for the playoffs. He had thirty seven and eighteen in game two. Uh, that was also the same game where Wendell Ladner famously threw – his shoe fell off his foot and then he he famously um, um, – Freylus was dribbling away from Wendell and then he was hobbling around in one shoe and then he just threw it right at his back, uh, hit Freddie in the back, and then Freddie uh, turned around and was about to um, take a swing and whoever hit him in the, with a the shoe, but then he turned and saw it was Wendell and he just smiled. So good old Wendell Ladner. But um, so they're, they're, the fact that um, – you know i mean barnes was just completely awesome in that series they just kind of came together they had some veterans uh Lewis obviously, who was a you know really key player for the um, for the Pacers, who had come over to St. Louis. Also, they had Steve Snapper Jones for the end of his career, Mike Barr and Adams, as we mentioned. It was kind of they were able to just kind of get that right mix and and get hot at the right time and did pretty well in against the Colonels until um, Freddie Lewis injured his ankle. Um, but yeah, it, it looked like it was going to be like you know it looked like they ha- they had something and they were going to build the momentum toward it and you know and and be this great team and maybe you know have this success in st louis that would get them into the nba and didn't really happen unfortunately so <laughs> but they uh, the owners were
1: okay so yeah that, that's mentioned. true they, yeah they, the, the owners did fine so not for the players maybe but uh yeah the owners uh, were yeah. i think okay with the deal that they well, got although
0: yeah I mean, <laughs> a lot of the players were you know good successes in the nba right. obviously you know Maurice lucas was a successful um Marvin Barnes would have been successful if it hadn't have been you know for all all the stuff that he went through. So I mean, you know, most of the players ended up okay, but yeah, but but you're right, obviously it the, the owners were the ones who made out for sure. So um uh, western division finals the uh, Pacers with 45 wins 1.14 SRS beat the uh, Denver Nuggets uh, 65 wins 6.63 SRS in 75 this is the uh, the kind of the final run for the uh, Pacers they, most of the older guys are gone now it's George McGinnis' team he has 30.6 points per game in this series just totally uh, destroys everything uh, Billy Keller, Darnell Hellman are still there and then Billy Knight and Linnell Moore are both rookies on this team the Nuggets um, Larry Brown has come to coach the team they have a really deep team matt calvin who's a terrific guard mike green ralph simpson another great uh, shooting guard uh byron beck who's a good uh, defender rebounder bobby jones who would later be uh, a famous great defender sixth man for the uh 76ers and dave robish all those guys scored in double figures and they were 40 and 2 at home during the season a really incredible team obviously denver has that known for that home court advantage um and this would be the year before they would actually change the team over with, with David Thompson and Dan Issel and you know, famously make the finals and then have some pretty good runs in the 70s. So this is sort of the uh, proto version of that team. Um and the Pacers were sort of known for some of these playoff upsets in, in the late part of their um, run as a dynasty in 73. They upset a um, they, they upset a much stronger Stars and Colonels teams a much better SRS during the season, even though the records were similar. But that was you know probably a case of a veteran team that probably didn't go that hard in the regular season. Here, I think it was mo- mostly just McGinnis. I mean, McGinnis in Game 1 had 39 points, rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals. Game 3 had 32 points, 21 rebounds. 14 assists this is all from remember the aba by the way um and uh, in game seven, he had 40 points, 23 rebounds, eight assists and made uh, three steals, scored 10 of Indiana's 14 points and uh, basically had a key three pointer with about four minutes left to to give them some breathing room and allow them to seal the game. But there, this is actually uh, this is honestly a really kind of weird, crazy series. There's um, the Pacers imported their their super mascot, Dancing Harry, to put a pregame hex on the Nuggets in game two. And then the Nuggets responded in game six by. By Hiring Robata, the Wicked Witch of the West, to uh, put a. Uh, these are real things, by the yes. way. We're not making this up. No. You can
1: you can Google it. There's actual proof. This is a real thing. Yes.
0: So. <laughs> to, to put curses on Darna Hillman and George McGinnis and uh, <laughs> cast spells behind the Pacers' bench. So, uh, yes, yeah, so some 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 fun stories. This is a, this is a very ABA series for sure.
1: Uh, absolutely. We'll move on now. Uh, Phoenix Suns uh, 1976 over the Golden State Warriors. The Suns had uh, 42 wins, a .59 SRS. The Warriors had 59 wins and a 6.23 SRS. So take that, Rick Barry. There free you go. Throws, damn it. Finally. Uh, I have no idea if he had his free throws in this uh, series, so don't uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, the Warriors, of course, had Rick Barry, Phil Smith, Jamal Will, Clifford Ray. The Suns had Paul Westfall, Alvin Adams, Curtis Perry, Garhead. Uh, and actually, believe it or not, they were second in SRS in the West and sixth overall. So just a weird year where, where just, nobody was really that great i mean you know, the warriors who were, were but yeah 0.59 is six best srs in the league which is uh not great um just a quick recap of the games. Uh game one, uh, Warriors won 128-103. Uh Suns came back in game two, won 108-101. Game three, the Warriors 99-91. Uh game four, high scoring affair, Phoenix 133-129. So it's kind of back and forth at this point. Uh Golden State one eleven ninety five 95 to kind of take control of the series. And then uh Game Six, they uh really shocked the, the Warriors winning one oh five to one oh four. And then game seven, the big game seven, Suns uh 94-86 over uh the Warriors. Uh, um... You know, just, uh, it's just an, an insane game as well. And just an insane upset for, for the Suns as well, just uh, of how incredible it was. Uh, Rick Barry and uh, Ricky Silvers got into a fight and punched each other early uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Barry only had six points in the second half, um, and he <laughs> quoted, in, in only, as only Rick Barry could say, you can't score when you don't have the ball. Eric, you are correct. Uh, with Rick Barry going nearly 30 minutes out of basket, uh, with Smith scoreless for, uh, uh, with, for 20, uh, the Warriors insisted on either standing still or flinging the ball around scoreless. Schoolyard style. Uh, It was incredible to watch, wasn't it? Uh, Phoenix's Keith Erickson said at the end of the Suns uh, win the Warriors went away from everything they've done for two years one on one, forcing shots, scrambling, fouling, panic. When they started cracking, I knew. So.
0: Yeah, So And that was the end of a Warriors team that looked like incredibly, you know, like it had all these great young players and looked like it was going to be a team that, you know, could really be uh, a great uh, dynasty for the rest of the decade. And then it all, you know, they, they would end up trading everyone. You know, they would trade away Jamal Wilkes or lose Jamal Wilkes, Gus Williams, and eventually Robert Parrish, who would join the team soon and then leave the team. And, you know, all those guys, of course, become important parts of great teams uh, over the next few years. So. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> at least at least Rick threw everybody under the bus on the way out, so that worked out pretty well. <laughs> so a couple more He's not wrong though. He's not no, wrong. No, he's definitely definitely not wrong. So a couple more series that we um, that we talked about are um, the uh, the Bullets and 76ers from uh, 1978 I talked about this on a Dr. J's show with uh, with Curtis Harris. So we're going to talk more about this series on upcoming uh, Dr. J's uh, show with uh, with Curtis Harris. But basically, the uh, the 76ers were, were coming off their year as, um, you know, where they'd gone to the finals but lost to the Blazers. And and the Bullets were a, just a 44-win team. But they had good veterans, Alvin Hayes and Wes Unseld. They'd been a, a very good regular season team team a couple years before so you know it, it it may have just been sort of a you know bullets were um I mean, the, the the bullets had uh were, were not as hard, working as hard during the regular season as they did during the uh playoffs or maybe you know the, a, a case of the Sixers still quite not fitting together until you know they, they kind of had to change things around in order to really uh you know become the team that they would the great team that they would become in the 80s um But whatever happened, it was, um, you know, despite the disparity in SRS, the um, the quality, the disparity in the quality of the teams may have been uh, exaggerated by that a little bit, but... Uh, and then next we have, the same year, the Western Conference semifinals, the, uh, the, the Supersonics beating the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, talked about this on our uh, Bill Walton show, but uh, basically, uh, you know, Walton was, this is when he finally, you know, suffers his final uh, foot energy injury he's gone after game two and the tra- the blazers have no you know as from they start 50 and 10 of the season walton misses most of the record season and they only went they go eight and 14 the rest of the way so you know they were very dependent on walton obviously and uh once that happened the sonics were able to beat them and reach the finals to face the bullets and uh and and have uh, a series that we've talked about on some uh, on previous shows as well so I move on now to the 1981
1: season, the Kansas City Kings and the Houston Rockets. We'll talk a little bit here about the Kings. Uh, They had 40 wins and a negative uh, .49 SRS. Uh, First round, they beat the Blazers, uh, who had 45 wins and a .52 uh, SRS. They beat them two games to one. And then in the Western Conference Semifinals, they beat the Suns, who had uh, 57 wins and a 4.83 SRS. Uh, They beat them in seven games, four games, two, three uh, as well. So uh, just a really cool upset for the Kansas City, and they would be going on to face the Rockets, who uh, also found their way here from some upsets as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Rockets uh, beat the uh, Lakers uh, in the first round, and famously, the defending champions, two games to one. Uh, of course, you know, like three-game series, you can't really get much out of that, but the uh, the, the Rockets had 40 wins, a, a negative .20 SRS. So basically the, the Rockets and the Kings, both of the same record, but the uh, Kings had a tiebreaker to be the fifth seed, and the Rockets were the sixth seed technically. So, And then they beat to the uh, Spurs um who were 52 in team at 2.18 srs uh, in seven games as well so uh the the king's upset was more impressive from a um you know because the suns were the number one seed and had a, had a stronger srs but and also the kings dealt with some injuries to be able to um you know, jug along um scott wedman and ernie Grunfeld really stepped up for them in that series walter davis struggled where for the uh, rockets uh it was calvin murphy really stepped up um in the uh, series uh he had uh we talked about this game said before we had 42 points in uh in game seven of that series to uh, beat the spurs um moses malone also uh stepping up particularly in game five he had 34 points and 36 in game six even though the rockets lost that game um and malone had 28.1 points per game in the series murphy 25.4 and uh, george river had 27.1 for the uh losing spurs in that series so um the the actual western conference finals with the six seed rockets versus the fifth seed kings this is of course this is during a time in which only six teams make the playoffs not eight as we're used to so the bottom two teams in that bracket uh the actual series itself was kind of a snoozer the rockets won uh four games to one and there wasn't really that much to it but the uh, the, the journey to get there was very interesting absolutely All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for checking us out. You can find us at hardwoodparoxysm.com. You can uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. If you enjoy what you're hearing, enjoy any of our podcasts, but particularly our basketball mysteries, the 1970s series, uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time, goodbye.